Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. So Money episode 1599, Ask Farnoosh. Welcome, everyone. It's so money time. It's Ask Farnoosh Friday, December 1st, 2023. Happy December. We are in the home stretch, everybody. What is on your to-do list? It's a tough month to get anything done. Am I right? It's kind of when a lot of people not say take off, of course, because uh, work is work and December is a real month, but it's also interrupted with holidays and a lot of travel and a lot of people just honestly burnt out. So I have a lot of plans for 2024 that involve you and I'm trying to get it all done myself and do need some help from other people and I'm knocking on some doors and people are slow to respond, let me just say, but I get it. But I do have some interesting things planned for us in the new year, including some new benefits for so many listeners. You know, I think we're heading into the ninth year. 2024 will be the ninth year of So Money. And I know for a fact, because I've talked to hundreds of you over the phone over the years during our free 15-minute money sessions, that you want to up-level your finances. The podcast has helped you so much and you want some more one-on-one time with me, group time with me. So we're going to create a program around that and it's going to be available starting in the new year. In the meantime, I need your ideas. So if you look in the episode notes for today's show, you're going to find a link and it's a quick survey of what you would like to get more out of me and this podcast in the new year. And if you were to join a community of like-minded, like-spirited, financially focused listeners, what would you want to learn more about? What would you like to dive deeper on? It's a really quick survey and for all and I'm giving away free signed copies of my book to a random selection of survey participants. You can learn again more about that too in the link in our show notes. In other news, I'm I'm pissed. Can I just be honest with you all? I'm a little mad about something and it is relevant. So I want to share that with you. And it is this. You may have seen me ranting about this on LinkedIn, on my Instagram, even on threads, which I haven't visited in months. I think not since I first signed up, but it felt necessary. And here's what's going on. Of course, it has to do with money. 
Question for you. How do we feel when billion-dollar companies say to prospective speakers at their companies, I'm sorry, we don't pay speakers, as if it's just a blanket policy? Billion-dollar companies. I'm not talking about nonprofits. I'm not talking about charities or libraries or schools. I'm talking about billion-dollar profitable companies. My friend was told this exact phrase, we do not pay speakers, this week after being asked by them to come into their company and lead a lengthy workshop for their employees of, again, a $4 billion company. And I've actually seen the email. I've been posting it. This company had the galls to reach out to my friend, who is, by the way, a multiple bestselling author. She is the CEO of her company, which she has been leading for about 20 years. She's a top expert in her field and she has been paid handsomely over the years for her ideas, her data, her research, her insights. But this company replied to her request for their budget and she also shared her standard speaking fee and they declined saying that, I'm sorry, we don't pay speakers. I don't know. Either the company is lying and they don't want to pay her an incredibly talented human for her important work that is going to directly impact their work performance, or they're just getting away with a crime or both, because this should be a crime. You shouldn't be allowed to benefit from someone else's work when it's costing that person their time. And all of the thousands and thousands of hours that went into creating this talk, this workshop, this whatever, that should not be allowed. Like, would you not pay uh, a plumber who comes to fix a faucet at your company? Would you not pay a lawyer for helping you with legal issues pertaining to your business? Would you not pay a contractor for creating a website for your company? Why would you then think that it's okay to not pay a highly qualified speaker who is an expert in a field that is important to your company to learn from them, to apply their thinking, their research, everything to your business? is to help your employees, in this case, get better at their jobs? No. Am I missing something? I have been asked personally to speak at sponsored events and at for-profit companies where there is no budget. And in the past, like I guess in my early 20s, I would say potentially yes, because I wanted to build my repertoire as a speaker. But you do this for a little bit. This is not a sustainable practice. In fact, a few weeks ago, I, I got a frantic call from an event manager at, to, at a women's event to ask if I could fill in for a famous financial expert, former Wall Street CEO and founder, you know her. She had suddenly dropped out and they're calling me the day before the event to see that if I could step in and be the speaker. I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a great payday, right? They said they could pay for my Uber. Yeah. They told me that the former female Wall Street CEO that had agreed to do the event, who's no longer able to do the event, had agreed to do it for free. So there was no expectation that I would want to get paid either. Listen, if that is actually the case, which I'm not really sure is because I don't think this woman would do anything like that for free, then she and I need to have a serious talk about how she is not only devaluing herself, but every single woman in our field. So yeah, I took this issue to Instagram, to LinkedIn, to threads, to this podcast. I would love, I would invite any reporter to dig into this. There is a lot to expose here. Companies who are not paying the right amount of money, taking advantage of people. They are contributing to pay inequity. And frankly, they're stealing because, you know, they'll offer you instead uh, exposure. I'm sorry, that's a false bill of goods. Exposure never leads to anything that pays the bills. And by the way, if I were to actually go and do that event for free, I'd have to hire childcare. I'd have to set aside my real work that's actually paying me to go and be a participant at this event for what? 
And then by the way, this event had like open bar and they had sponsors. I mean, they should reserve something for their speakers too. And if they say they can't afford it, then their business model is broken. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that. I will say that I have gotten paid very well over the many years from employers that get it, from brands that get it. And I have learned over 15 years of giving talks that there is a way to negotiate. Even when they first say that there is no money, you can usually find the money. I'm constantly in touch with my peers. We share numbers. I just learned that a certain motivational speaker got $200,000 to have a fireside chat. A fireside chat, not even a keynote. There was no PowerPoint involved in this. Just come and talk. Fireside chat at a corporate event, 200K. Can you guess who? Well, I do reveal all in my mentorship program. I have a couple of spots left in my mentorship program. It's called Farnoosh BTS, where I give names, I give numbers, I give roadmaps, I give road-tested strategies for not just how to get your speaking career flourishing, but also if you want to write a book, if you want to start a podcast and monetize that, if you want to build a sustainable business, which of course along the way is going to have hiccups, but learn from my failures. I will say that $200,000 gig that I heard about this guy getting, yes, of course it was a man. I was floored and I was angry, but now I'm inspired because it gives me and it should give everyone here courage and hope to continue to request your rate and get to that $200,000 one day. Speaker money is out there. We got to hold our ground. Thank you for coming to my free TED talk. Uh, But in all seriousness, if you are interested in working with me to learn more about this stuff and how to navigate the world of being a personal brand and authority in your thought leadership space, I have two spots remaining in my group mentorship program that starts in January. I'm closing the doors very, very soon. So if you're interested, I've got that link in our... Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, also known as problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since maybe high school. Get something you know wear and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? My husband said to me the other day, just take the afternoon off. And friends, while that sounds great, I just didn't know what to do with myself. Should I go for a run, take a nap? It's funny, right? Because I spend my life wishing I had more time, but the question has now become time for what? I realized I need to spend some time thinking about what is actually important to me. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. We talk about the importance of mental health 
all the time on this show, how it's important for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash so money today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash so money. Ever had buyer's remorse after purchasing a piece of furniture online? Listen, I've made all the mistakes in the past with ordering incorrectly sized pieces, items that had poor quality, bad fabrics. I've suffered through intolerable customer service. Fortunately, now I've discovered Cozy, a North American company that offers thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. And let me tell you, it's an exceptional experience. Delivery is fast and free and assembly is a breeze. The furniture is elegant. It's customizable. You even have the ability to add modules to Cozy's sofas over time so the furniture grows with you. And my favorite quality, of course, is that the price points are affordable. Cozy eliminates the middleman and offers tremendous value through its direct-to-consumer business model. Transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, that's spelled C-O-Z-E-Y.com to start customizing your furniture. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others in the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. And while you're there, use the code SOMONEY at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Show notes. All right, we have questions today in the mailbag about how to get debt-free and get out of standard life story of working a nine-to-five without having like a life-changing opportunity like I kind of did. I had a book deal and that in my early 20s helped to really get my life going financially and career-wise. Another listener is hoping that I might have some nonprofit website resources to help us get out of debt. I do. And how do I feel about a high interest rate savings account that's earning anywhere from 4 to 5% right now versus investing? Definitely have thoughts on that. Hang tight. But first, let's go to our friend uh, who is in graduate school and in her 20s and kind of feeling like in a rut, in a financial rut and wondering when is she going to get her moment to have her financial life catalyzed. Here's the full question. 
Dear Farnoosh, from your story, I understand that you were able to get debt free and get out of that rat race of working a nine to five and side hustling and you broke free from the cycle because of a book. But what is your advice for someone in their mid 20s in graduate school like me? who doesn't have a life-changing opportunity ahead of her, like a book deal or a job offer with really high income other than just entry-level salaries. All right, my friend, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you were my niece or my younger sister, this is what I would tell you. You must create the life-changing opportunity. The life-changing opportunity for me of getting that book deal didn't just fall out of thin air. I had a series of articles I was working on on the side in my side hustle that I then used to craft a book proposal that I then used to get a book deal. And how I even got the book deal was I just talked to anyone and everyone who had ever written a book that I knew and said, what's the process? And it took one person out of the hundreds of people that I probably communicated with directly or indirectly to say, I'm going to help you. I'm going to put you in touch with my literary agent. And that literary agent was the person who then sold my book to Random House. Life-changing opportunities. Yeah, sometimes you might win the lottery. Sometimes you get a lump sum of cash because a relative passes away. You get the inheritance. But why are we not looking at ourselves as potential resources, as potential providers of these life-changing opportunities? You say that you're in graduate school. You're becoming an expert in something. I'm going to venture to guess that you're going to come out of grad school and you're going to be an expert in something really important. And I want you to be able to leverage that skill and that knowledge. So you're going to get that job that maybe in the beginning is not going to pay you very well or it's going to be entry level. What else can you do outside of that job to bring an income that, again, is milking your education and your insights? Why couldn't you work on a book proposal? Why couldn't you tutor on the side? Not everyone's going to have a book, but... Again, this is probably the best advice I've ever gotten on this show, and I've taken it to heart and practice, and I will repeat it till my dying breath. There are two, at least two ways to make money. One is you make money from what you do. So you're going to graduate, and you're going to go do something, and someone's going to pay you for it. You're going to go get a desk job. You're going to work a nine-to-five, potentially. There's also a way to make money from what you know, your knowledge. We have an entire knowledge economy and you're a smart person, you have skills, you know things, who can you teach them to? Who can you workshop them to? Can you start a blog that you then monetize? You be a consultant on the side. Can you start a course? You have to start thinking innovatively and entrepreneurially, even when you do have that nine to five, if you want to bring in more money. Now, of course, there are side hustles that have nothing to do with your professional skills, your academic skills. Maybe it's that you are a dog sitter on the weekends. Maybe it is that you rent out a bedroom above your garage and you make some passive income that way. Great. Can you do that? The money is not just going to arrive, right? You have to think and strategize. So that's maybe a third way to make money, making money from your stuff and from your assets that already exist. But my friend, I will tell you that, yes, there was a lot of luck that played a role in my ability to propel my financial life in my 20s. That book deal felt like a miracle. But was it really? I worked towards it for sure. And I strategized it and I got a lot of rejection before I got that one yes. I believe in you. You're going to do this. You're asking the right questions and keep me posted. If you want an accountability partner, let me know. You have got my email. All right. Second question, Farnoosh, can you please provide any websites, not-for-profit websites potentially, that offer free resources for those of us who are trying to get out of debt? 
Yes, there are two that I really like. I've been referring to them for over, I guess, 15 years now, ever since I kind of got started working at Money Magazine as a reporter. And there are two national credit counseling agencies that provide debt management and also free credit counseling to those who are struggling with debt and even some budgeting. The first meeting is free. And then if you do enter their debt management programs where they take you on as a client and they become advocates for you and they call your creditors and your lenders to try to bring down your interest rates or get rid of these late payment fees, that's going to cost something, but it's nominal and sometimes they waive it. So the two nonprofits are the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org, and Money Management International. And that website is moneymanagement.org. I know that NFCC and possibly Money Management, they have local offices around the country. You can connect with a certified credit counselor virtually or in person. And this isn't just credit card debt. If you're somebody who needs help with your mortgage, your student loans, these organizations can help you craft a plan, come up with a system to pay off the debt. And the NFCC has 250 agency locations around the country. All right, next question, Farnoosh, how do you feel about a high interest rate savings account versus investing? Why does it have to be either or? I get it, money's limited resource, but these versus questions and these which one questions, they're not mutually exclusive. You know, I think that in your financial plan, you might want to put some money in a high interest rate savings account and then other money in an investment account. These financial vehicles are meant for different goals. And so depending on your goal, you may choose one over the other, but I would hope that you have two of these goals working simultaneously. The goal to save for a rainy day and have an emergency savings and the goal to invest for your future. So it's the goal to save for today and the goal to save for the future. For the goal to save for today, a high yield account, which you can get at least 4% right now, is where you want to park that cash. For money that you want to access in 10 years or longer, let's say in retirement, you want to invest that because that's where you're going to get the most return on your money. If you want this money to grow faster than 4% over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you don't want to put it in a high yield account. You want to put it in the stock market in a diversified account. So Maybe you don't like my answer, but I don't I don't really see one trumping the other. I think that they each have a purpose, an important purpose. And again, it's going to be attached to whatever the goals you have for your money. If you don't have a savings account yet, then you would start with a high interest rate account and you would put money in that, maybe also into a brokerage account and invest. But in the beginning, if there is a limited amount of money and all you can do is one thing, then you start by saving and then you gradually move your way up to saving and investing. And the last question I want to share with us today in our Ask Farnoosh episode is a question I've been getting on my book tour a lot, which is, Farnoosh, how do we teach our kids about fear? And are there any fears we should instill in our children? Which I know sounds really awful, like making kids purposely afraid of things, which my parents did all of the time. You can read about it in A Healthy State of Panic. And as my mother says, it all worked out, didn't it? And yes, mom, it did. But I don't recommend terrifying our children as a way to keep them, quote unquote, safe and avoiding harm. But I will say that there are certain threats that kids beginning at ages six, seven should know about that by being a little bit more careful and vigilant, they can prevent accidents or quote unquote bad things from happening. 
And so what are these things and how do I want to teach kids fear? I actually was interviewed by none other than Scary Mommy. Yes, that's actually a website, scarymommy.com. It's actually a huge, huge platform for women and parents and it's very funny and it's also very helpful, the content that they provide. And it was about, you know, what are the fears that I actually want my kids to have and hold? I'll put the link for that in our show notes. And so here are a few of my personal thoughts. One, I want my kids to know that feeling fear does not mean that you are weak, that it's normal and sometimes really important. And by the way, this is good advice for adults too. Second thing, fear is your body's way of telling you to be more careful or mindful of a situation. I'm terrified of reckless drivers and people who say and do unkind things and expired meats. And I think my kids should know these things. I think when they're riding their bikes, they should know that while they're being careful, other people may not be. So they have to really be mindful of crossing the street and cars that are speeding. And I also provide the I also provide as much detail as possible in some ways that can give, especially my nine-year-old, the reasoning that he really, really wants and needs to feel like this is an okay thing to follow. Because my nine-year-old will ask a million questions and he's always looking for like the why. So I'll say it's because maybe there are some drivers who are distracted. They could be on their phone. He's been in the car with me. He knows that like I'm not even perfect at it. Sometimes I'm taking calls on the phone while driving and I'm being careful, but he knows that this is a real part of what happens when people drive. And as some, as a pedestrian, as a biker, you need to not only be careful about your driving, but also other people's driving. My grandmother would say this all the time, be careful of other drivers, other bad drivers. If I'm on the highway and I see someone in front of me zigzagging, I'm going to get as far away from that car as possible. Another thing I want my kids to know about fear is that if they're afraid of an adult because this adult is making them feel uneasy, threatened, uncomfortable. Listen, that's an important feeling. You should not ignore it. Don't keep this fear a secret. Let a parent or someone you trust know immediately. My parents would say, be afraid of strangers and just kind of leave it open-ended. And it was up to me to figure out who a stranger is. And so that just meant like I was afraid of all strangers. But kids, I think, again, thrive on specificity and giving them the context, and also really important, the action steps. Like I just thought if I saw a stranger, and this is a true story, I was in kindergarten and a substitute teacher walked in unannounced and I freaked out. I ran outside into the hallway, pounding on other teachers' doors, begging for help, thinking that this imposter was going to do bad things and be what I thought in my mind was a stranger who was like going to cause harm and God knows what. And so I need to tell my kids, like, if that happens to you where you, not like a substitute teacher shows up, but you're at a play date and a parent does something that shakes you up, you better come tell me immediately. Let them know that I need to pick you up. Um, They need to know that there are some bad actors in life and they have the agency and the power to speak up and ask for help. My daughter, you may know this story. If you follow me on Instagram, she was fearing rejection at one point earlier in the year and didn't want to go to school. We worked through that. We did not send her to school. We told her that when she goes to school, she should talk to her teacher about what she was afraid of. And she did. And what ensued was something quite beautiful. She was afraid of the scratches on her face. She was afraid of the attention she would get 
for having scratches on her face. She had fallen off the playground earlier uh, the day before and was worried and fearful of rejection from her friends and making fun of her because of her scarred up face. So she and her teacher agreed that they would tell the class exactly that. Colette is afraid of this. And again, what ensued was the kids got together and one kid raised her hand and said, I have felt the same way. That happened to me earlier. And another kid was talking about what he was afraid of. And it became this beautiful circle of sharing and sharing of empathy. We can learn a lot from fear and fear doesn't have to be this threatening emotion. It can be actually an emotion that brings us together. And I think the earlier you can learn this, my God, I mean, if I only knew that in kindergarten, I wouldn't have wreaked havoc that day. And it wouldn't have caused a parent-teacher conference, which of course it did. Because the teachers were like, why is this little girl afraid of strangers all the time? There must be something terrible going on at home. And the terrible thing was that my parents were not giving me the right tools to be more emotionally intelligent with fear. It's possible when you're a kid. It doesn't ha- you don't have to wait for this when you're 40 to figure out. And of course, there's way more in the article. And thank you to Scary Mommy for giving me a platform to share this. I was going to just write it myself. And then I thought, no, I want like a really experienced journalist to interview me and and then play it back. And before we wrap here, I want to let you know my whereabouts over the next few weeks. If you live in the LA area, I'm going to be in Santa Monica on December 18th. I'll be at Zibby's Bookstore. Free event. You can come and join me and your other favorite author, Tara Schuster, who wrote Buy Yourself the Effing Lilies and Glow in the Effing Dark. You know her. She's been on this podcast and her books have sold hundreds of thousands of copies. She's a big deal. And she's also a friend and she's agreed to co-host an event with me at Zibby's Bookstore in Santa Monica, Monday, December 18th at 6 p.m. So I've got that link in our show notes. You can also go to a healthy state of panic.com for reserving your seat. So it is free, but you must reserve. And on the 19th, if you are in the Redondo Beach area, I'm going to be having a private dinner at Primo Italia, courtesy of one of our podcast listener friends who has opened her restaurant doors to me and hopefully you for an evening of dining and book discussion. Your ticket will include dinner, of course, drinks and the book, signed copy and hanging out with me and and all the other cool people. We have limited seating. We have some tickets left and I'd love to see you there if you are available. For that, also go to a healthystateofpanic.com and learn more and hopefully reserve your seat. And again, if you would like to join my mentorship program, which kicks off in January, it's a very small group. I'm talking handful. You're going to get a lot of attention, a lot of focus from me and the other members in the group are super cool. They're going places. Why not go places together? That link is in our show notes. The doors for registration will close soon and I only have a couple spots left. So if you are interested and if you have questions, just apply. We'll talk. You'll get all your questions answered and then you can decide, but make sure to fill out that form. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Again, happy December. We're getting our Christmas tree this weekend. It's happening. Best wishes to you. And I'll see you back here on Monday where our guest is going to be Danielle Weisberg, co-founder of The Skim. I hope your weekend is so money. (laughs) Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. 
That's EUFY.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all in one robot vacuum for only $799.